Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. everybody. Good morning, morning. Welcome to Simple Church. My name's Aaron. This is also Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate you. (laughs) But thank you for being here today at Simple Church, and I'm the uh, lead pastor. So glad you guys are here with us today. We are starting a brand new series called The Mount, and uh, I'll get into that in just a moment. But first, I want to take a moment to uh, greet all those of you that are here for the very first time. Come on, Simple Church, greet our guests. Let them know you're glad they're here today. Thanks for being with us. Now, if it's your first time here, maybe you've been hanging out for a while and you haven't taken an opportunity yet uh, to do this, but if you reach into the seat back in front of you, you're going to find what's called a Connect card. That Connect card is an opportunity for us to get to know that you were, that you were here so that we can say hello to you. We can also uh, provide you some information so that you can be part of uh, what's going on here at Simple Church and because uh, we're excited to have you to be part of our spiritual family. Amen, everybody? And so take a moment to fill out that Connect card. There's, there's places on that card that say, hey, I'd like more information. I want to get involved. I'd like to get baptized. Or maybe if, if you make a commitment today to, to uh, following Jesus, we'd love to know that too. Uh, and again, we have a, a no harassment policy. We will not harass you uh, at all. And so just know that, uh, that's, that we're not going to show up at your door and, uh, and ask you to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> we're up for spiritual conversations that you're up for and that are not surprise ones. Amen? Everybody thankful for that? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we're, we're just really glad that you're here today. A couple things you need to know about. First, today is Baptism Sunday. As I said before, if you're interested in being baptized today, we do have the water ready. Uh, you can go back to the kids' check-in area where you'll find Ryan or Kalina, and they'll get you what you need uh, to do that. We've got the clothes and the towels and everything for you to do today. But also, uh, we're really excited about it because in the next couple weeks, uh, we have something called, uh, this is our annual uh, outreach effort. We call it Joyride. And uh, actually, it's our participation in the Reynoldsburg uh, City Parade. Ta-da! I don't know what's happening, but it's all movement. It's good. It's good. It's nice. If I stand over here, it's blue. If I stand over here, it's if I wave, it's just, anyway. So, <clears throat> I forgot what I was talking about. Oh yeah, joyride. Yeah. So, uh, we participate in the Reynoldsburg Parade, and the Lord gave me a vision a few years back, and it was to give away 100 bicycles in the Fourth of July parade. Just just brand new, free bicycles. And um, the first year, we were able to do 25. The second year, COVID canceled us. The third year, which was last year, we gave away 35. And this year, we are already prepared to give away 65 bikes. Uh, And I believe, I know that there's probably six or seven more that are coming to add on to that. That's what you're seeing over here is this massive pile. So if you just look that direction, uh, everybody online right now is going, man, how come I can't see? Uh, But I put them in here because I wanted you to see them. I wanted you to see what God is doing. I wanted you to see what 65 bikes looks like. And, uh, and I also wanted you to see that because I need help. <laughs> the box says easy build, but let me tell you something. Times 70, or if we get to 100 times 100, I'm going to need your help. And so here's the opportunity, okay, <laughs> uh, to help, to be part of what God is going to do, because this is the biggest 
the biggest opportunity for us we've ever had regarding this, this outreach, this effort. So there's opportunities for you to walk in the parade with us and give out the bikes. Uh, there's opportunities for you to help us decorate the float, which would be the weekend before 4th of July, uh, or uh, that, that Saturday, Sunday leading into it. And then there's opportunities to help us build the bikes, because, dear Lord, we're going to need an army. And, um, and, and, and then there's opportunities. There's a water station at the end of the parade. You're like, Aaron, I can't walk, but I would love to be part, because we, we offer ice-cold water at the end of the parade for everybody for free, for anybody that's done walk that, because it's hot, it's long, and that water is so refreshing, it's, the, it's probably... Uh, one of my favorite things that we do outside of the bikes, right? Because we also give away goodies and candies. We go all out. Like, we're the only float that I know of that has, has confetti cannons on it, right? Like, we are having a good time celebrating the 4th of July. And uh, so anyway, it's, it's a good time. So sign up. The way that you do that is we have a Church Center app. Church Center is how we organize ourselves, and, and it has everything. You can get sermons on there. You can uh, give on there. You can also sign up for any and all of our events. Please make sure you sign up in advance. Because your pastor's over here going, dear Lord, that's a lot of bikes, and I need help. So sign up early, please, in Jesus' name. Sign up early <laughs> and, uh, so, so that I, I'm not stressing over how we're going to get this done. I believe we're going to get it done, and God has provided. It's time for the people of God to respond to what God has provided. Amen? Amen. It takes all of us to do it, uh, not just your pastoral team. So sign up for one or all or part of, of those things. And, uh, and join us in one of our greatest opportunities over the summertime to make a difference in our community. So, all right, well, let's jump into what we're doing today. We are starting this new series called The Mount, and it's based off of the, um, the, these very famous things that, uh, whether you're a Christian or not, it's possible that you've heard the, these things called the Beatitudes. It comes from, from a Latin word, which is beatus, and, uh, and I'll get into all the meaning of that here in just a moment, but there are eight of them that are found in the most famous sermon uh, that has ever been given, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount, typically, and it's found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Now, if you want the Reader's Digest version of the Sermon on the Mount, you don't want to read two chapters full. There's about 20 verses of it found in Luke chapter 6, and uh, there's a couple things that I want you to know about this sermon. First of all, this is the most upside-down teaching you'll ever hear, that it's very countercultural. It's very counterintuitive to the way that the world does things, that when you hear some of the things that are said in here, you're going to go, huh, that doesn't make sense. And yet, and yet, these eight statements hold the keys to a full, full and fulfilled life. These eight statements hold the key to experiencing real joy, real happiness, and in fact, blessing are found in them. The other thing I want you to know is that, that these things don't teach you how to live in order to get you into the kingdom. No, these are things that because you're in the kingdom, you ought to be doing. Okay, so there's a difference there. This is not how you earn yourself into heaven. This is because you're going to heaven, because you belong to God's kingdom. These are the ways that we ought to live. And I would also say this is the third thing I want you to know about this, that, that even though we're not there yet, if you're a Christ follower today, the Apostle Paul says that you and I are citizens of heaven. Though we live here on this earth, that our eternal place, not just our eternal resting place, our eternal place to live, by the way, as new creatures made brand new in the presence of God, a place that will be way longer than we're ever here on this earth. Eternity's a long time, guys. It's, it's longer than the 100 years you'll live here or, or less. It, it's in eternity, though we're citizens of that place to come, we need to go ahead and start acting like we, like we live there now. We do that by taking these things and personally applying them to our lives. 
by leaning into what God has for us. And so what I'm asking you to do is to come ready. Come ready every Sunday during this summertime, because that's how long this series is going to go. We're going to go eight weeks, and we're going to talk about this sermon, and we're going we're to look at each one of the Beatitudes week after week. And I want you to be ready. Ready for what? Ready to hear God's word. Maybe even bring a journal or grab a connection card out of the seat back on the back side of that. There's a place for you to take some notes. But, but let's lean in. Let's hear what God has to say to us this summer and apply it to our lives. Amen, everybody? So here we go. Here are the Beatitudes from uh, Matthew 5. Now, again, we're not doing the whole sermon. We're just doing the Beatitudes, which is kind of like a preamble. It's, it's the beginning of Jesus's uh, two-chapter sermon. So here, here's the Beatitudes. It says, now, when Jesus saw the crowds, pause. By the way, when I read that, when I read in my Bible anywhere that Jesus saw something, I draw little eyeballs. That's to help me remember that Jesus was a man, just like I am. Although he was fully man, he was also fully son of God, and I'm not that second part. I'm not fully the son of God. Um, but Jesus saw things. Standing, standing in his community, Jesus saw things. And when Jesus saw things, it moved him to action. Jesus saw something. So when Jesus saw the crowds, all the people were gathering. So he's got his disciples, his close disciples, and then he's got the, the other people that believed in him, and then he's got the rest of the people that are just like, Hey, when's he going to do that hand thing again? When's he going to heal some? I want to see somebody's eyes open. I want to see, when's he going to do another miracle? So the people that are just coming around, craning their necks, so and Jesus saw them, he went up on a mountainside and he sits down. And his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he said, here's the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See what I mean by counterintuitive? Poor, that's not the American dream. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. My goodness, couldn't we use some more peacemakers today? We just came out of a series talking about offense, and we learned how to be peacemakers ourselves. But I think there's, there is a greater calling here, and we're going to talk about that. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so there's the roadmap, guys. That's what we're going to be looking at this next eight weeks, that little section of verses. And I want you to prepare for the journey, because like I said before, we've got a responsibility to lean in and learn from God's word and allow his spirit as we lean in, as we say, okay, God, what's, what's in here for me? To transform us and make us more like Jesus. You know, that's the end goal, by the way. That as John the Baptist said, he said, I must decrease and he must increase. That, that, that is the goal. And I hope to see each one of these beatitudes come alive within you. Why would you say? Well, there's two reasons. First of all, these statements reveal where true happiness can be found. See, each one of these statements begin with the words blessed. Now, that word blessed uh, is probably not the word that you think it is, right? It's, the, it's this Greek word makarios, and it's kind of hard for us to translate, but they say blessed. Other translations say happy. And again, I think I need to explain that to you because when they say blessed, it's not that you're blessed with stuff. When they say happy, it's not that you're emotionally happy. It's it's about having this internal joy that the world doesn't understand and the world can't give you. 
that nothing in this temporal world can offer you. It's a joy and a happiness that you have that regardless of your circumstances, it remains. That your circumstances or the happenings around you don't dictate whether or not you are happy. It's a joy. If, it, if you have a joy that comes and goes with, your, with the happenings in your life, it, they're not talking about this kind of blessedness and this kind of happiness. That's not, that's not what it's about. People of God carry a joy that flows from the most unlikely places. And they flow from these eight countercultural statements. The second thing to notice is how each statement ends. So each one starts off with, blessed are the, and you insert the blank, and then he goes, for theirs is. And so what it shows is these statements show the potential of what can be ours. Shows the potential of what can be ours. I think too many people misunderstand why Jesus came. They, They misunderstand why he came, why he surrendered his life to be brutally murdered on the cross, to rise from the dead the next day. Most of you would answer, I think, is that Jesus died to save me from my sins. And that's true, but it's not complete. See, Jesus didn't just die so that you and I could be forgiven. Jesus came so that your marriage could be healed. Jesus came so that you could be set free from addiction. Jesus came so that you could have purpose for your life, to restore your heart, to give you peace of mind. Jesus came to give you joy beyond anything you could ever know in this world. And I think too many people think the reason, only reason Jesus came was so that we could be forgiven and go to heaven. In other words, we've got heaven on our radar, but we're living hell on earth right now. I got fire insurance, so I'm not going to hell, but that's it. And the problem is we aren't accessing all that Jesus paid for us to have. Now, I'm not that guy. I went on a cruise a few years ago with some friends, and I have to tell you this first part so the last part makes sense, but... Uh, my first name is James. Uh, many, how many of you guys did not know that? Oh, so, all right. So I guess quite a few of you knew that. All right. Well, first name is James. Go by Aaron. And the, uh, the girl at the airline saw my passport, and she, she skipped calling me James. She even skipped calling me Jim and went straight to the Jimmy. And she said, all right, Jimmy, have a great flight. And my friends that were with me, I, nobody calls me Jimmy, by the way. Not even telemarketers when they call. They call me James. They call me Jim. They don't call me Jimmy. And this lady called me Jimmy, and it struck my friends and my wife so, so hard, they, they just laughed and laughed and laughed. And the rest of the crews, no matter who we met, they introduced me as Jimmy, which is fine for me because it's just six days and I can live with that, right? It's, it's cool. It's funny. Good joke. Ha, ha, ha. Very funny. But when you pay for a cruise, it's some, most cruise, cruise lines are something called all-inclusive with like a little asterisk next, next to that, right? They're gonna, your room's covered in the cost of the cruise, you know, traveling to the ports and getting off the boat and all, all that's covered. Your food, for the most part, is covered, but they got these little things that they like to sneak in on you, right? A little bit of extras here and there. The shows are covered, but, but here's the thing that I found out. There's way more that you can get access to just by asking the right questions because you paid for it after all. And so what I discovered was, while they had buffets for breakfast and buffets for lunch, and then like, you know, a pizza buffet that goes all day long, and I mean like 24 hours a day. Come on, God bless, bless the Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because when you're on a cruise, you ain't got nothing else to do but eat. And here's what I learned, is that at night, they had a scheduled time for us to go to dinner. And so me and, and, and our two, my wife and our two friends, 
went to dinner, and they, they coupled us with another, another, couple, another set of couples. So there's eight of us at this long table. And they were sitting closer to the windows, and I was always sitting at the end of the table. Nobody puts baby in a corner. I don't like that. <laughs> but I'll do it, but I don't like it. I like the elbow room, right? I just like to, if I'm going to eat, I like to just flail with it and have it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so I'm sitting down at the end, and we, we get, I get, of course, get introduced as Jimmy to this couple. And then I find out that on this menu, they give you a menu, and there's entrees on here, and they've got lobster, they got steak, they got burger, they got they everything you want. I found out, Chris, you, you, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can order as many entrees as you want to, and it don't cost anything extra. You know who was having two and three entrees delivered to their table? Yeah. Jimmy. Because Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy's getting everything he paid for. That's right. Do you know who's getting? I didn't want one of the desserts. I wanted all of them. Jimmy. Now sometimes, sometimes they would bring over extras. They would bring over specialty smoothies or adult beverages or whatever to the end of the table. And the people at the other end of the table are watching. You know what they're watching for? They're watching to see if Jimmy's getting it. Because if Jimmy don't get it, it ain't free. Because sometimes they tried to charge you for those smoothies. They tried to charge you for a little extra stuff. And I would ask the question, is that included? And they said, no. And I said, Jimmy don't want it. (laughs) All this is true story. It's 100% true. Happened. And I think the point is, is that each and every single one of us has a responsibility to lean in and get everything that Jesus paid for us to have. That, that Jesus paid for you to have. If you want everything on the menu, you can go ahead and have it. But too many of us settle for fire insurance. No, it's just nice to be here. My marriage is a mess, but it's always been that way. I've personally got issues, and, you know, but it's just, I've just kind of accepted this is the way God's made me. My body's a wreck, but... You know, God could heal me if he wanted, but I'm just not bothering him. There's just so many other things way more important than, than my issues. As if God is limited. And I think we miss out on all that Jesus paid for us to have. You need to be like Jimmy. Get it all. And I think getting it all, the way we start to get it all, everything Jesus paid for us to have is to realize there's more. That there, there is more. It's not costing God anything extra, guys. He's already paid the price for it. Why live your life with less than what he paid for you to have? Jesus said, I came so that you would have a full and fulfilled life. That's why he came. And you can have it. And now that you know it, it's your responsibility to get after it. So I'm asking you to lean in. That's why I'm asking you to participate, to take notes. Believe God's got something for you, and he's going to say something to you because he will. And I think that as we look at these eight Beatitudes, you're going to see something in them that you don't already have yet. And I hope that you get them because there's incredible potential as we look through them. So here's the first one and likely the most important one because you can't have the others unless you have this one, okay? So, so this is the foundational one. If you're talking to anybody else that joins us the next seven weeks, tell them you got to go back and listen to the first one because you got to have this one first, all right? And it is this, Matthew 5, 3, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, I don't think you can get all that God has for you until you realize where you stand. 
and that each and every single one of us stands before God totally and completely bankrupt before him. That, that, that's actually our condition. And in this verse, it says, blessed are the poor. Now, there's, there's a couple ways to translate that. Sometimes poor is like, we don't have enough. We've got some, but it's not enough. And that's what we oftentimes think of poor, but that's not what the word is here. The word poor means, in this case, you don't have anything. You've got nothing at all. You are destitute. In other words, let me say it to you this way, and I'll throw it up on the screen. Blessed is the person who realizes they are completely destitute, utterly helpless, and one who realizes their absolute need for God. That's what I'd tell you that verse means. In fact, I'm going to show it to you in three other translations so that you can see it four different ways to try to understand what Jesus was saying to us when he said this. Matthew 3, this is the New Living Translation. This is actually my favorite translation of the Bible. It said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Matthew 5, 3, in the good news, or in the, uh, good, good word, <laughs> excuse me, blessed are those who recognize they are spiritually helpless. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Matthew 5, 3, in the NCV, those people who know they have great spiritual needs are happy because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. So there's four different ways to see that. Now, the problem with us recognizing this, the problem for us in the U.S. is it's hard. It is hard for us to realize how poor we are because we are so rich. You understand that here in this country, that it's hard for us. It's hard for us to feel like we are destitute, to feel like we don't have it because we have so much. We have a bunch of stuff. We've got lots of options. We don't feel like we're poor. In fact, if indeed we were poor, we have government resources that we can lean back on, charitable organizations abound, and churches here in this country that have funds and resources and ways to help us. We feel like we've got lots of options. We don't feel like we need to depend on God. We are so blessed. Do you know that we are among the top 1% wealthiest country in the world, that everywhere else you go, Everywhere else you go, they have no trouble relying on God because they actually are destitute. But our problem is we're wealthy. In fact, we'll never depend on something we don't think we need. You're never going to depend on something you don't think you need. Solomon prayed a wise prayer. He said, God, don't give me less than I need because I'll start to resent you. And don't give me more than I need or else I'll forget you. And I see this happen all the time. People come into a relationship with God. They're broken relationally. They're broken in their emotions and within their hearts. Maybe their marriage is broken. Their finances are broken. And they decide to go on a spiritual journey. They commit to everything we've got here at Simple Church. They join a grow group. They, they wind up joining the financial peace grow group, getting their finances in order. And in time, they're living debt-free. They, they begin to allow God to work on their character, to work on their marriage. And now things are, are, are their, their family unit is strong. And they build these firm foundations, and then things start going well. People begin to recognize them as people of character and integrity, and that equals career opportunities, and it equals advancement. And with advancement comes better pay. Oh, with better pay becomes better cars and better houses and more stuff. And as soon as we get more stuff, what happens is we start feeling like we don't need to rely on God. 
We start feeling like we don't need to depend on him anymore because we don't have this felt need anymore. Happens all the time. I can almost predict it when it's going to happen in a believer's life because we're not careful, because we're not continuing to remain in a place where we believe and we recognize we are poor in spirit. We have so much, we don't easily realize our need for God. We don't think we need him, so we don't depend on him. And all of a sudden, those late night desperate prayers that we used to pray, they dry up. We forget God. We stop coming to church. We stop attending to the things that led us to our personal growth and our success. We feel like we don't need him, but we couldn't be more wrong about that. We need God. You know, that's why I love to take people on missions trips. Do you know that? Like, it's great that we're going to go and we're going to do work and we're going to serve a community. But you know who gets more out of that than, than they do? It's us. Because when you go, there's a perspective shift that happens. You meet people who have a dirt floor, which, by the way, they sweep regularly. It's dirt. That's a funny concept to you and I, but you know what? They're sweeping it. They don't want the grass clippings and the stones, and they're sweeping it out because that's what they sleep on. Maybe a cardboard mat. Their walls are aluminum pieces of metal that they have pulled from a junkyard and leaned against a tree, some of them. They have electricity because they boldly or maybe unwisely so climbed up and tied into a live electrical line and have fed it down to their house. It's dangerous. People die all the time from touching that stuff because there's no infrastructure. There's no roads. There's no traffic lights. no safety. And as destitute as they are, they're happier than you are. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. The, the, the kind of encounters that I've experienced going on a mission trip, they're destitute and they fully depend on God. And that is why they're blessed. That is why they're happy in a way that you and I can't understand because they're, they're depending on him. Even when you see it, it's hard to understand. So how do we become poor in spirit? That's the question. Well, to get there, we got to do some personal inventory. We've really got to take account. Where, what, what is it we really have? What is it we're really leaning into? What is it we're really depending on? And when you start taking an inventory of those things, you'll find that, oh my goodness, these are, these are temporary things. These are earthly things. I actually am destitute and helpless. And once you get to that place, my friends, you will be blessed. And I want to show you this verse in Revelation. Now, Revelation is the last book in, the, in your Bible. It is the only prophetic book in the New Testament, okay? It's not that there's not prophecies given. It's the, this book is only prophetic. It's only about what is to come, okay? And John, who was the same John who wrote the book of John, who was the disciple whom Jesus loved, it was his best friend, who wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, also wrote this one. And John was, they tried to kill him a couple times, and they couldn't kill John. Tried to boil him in oil once. He wouldn't die. And so they exiled him. It's a true story. History bears this out. Tried to kill him a couple times. John wouldn't die. So they, they exiled him to the island of Patmos, where they, they would put, like, really bad criminals. And John's there, and he has this vision of, of the end times. And Jesus shows up in one of the visions and with some angels, and he, and, and he gives John a message 
for seven churches that were in the end times. And there's this modern, this, the messages were to the modern day church, and they're applicable to us today. But I'm going to just share you the one message that he sent, and it was to the church at Laodicea. In fact, we've talked about this recently. It's Revelation 3, chapter 15, or excuse me, chapter 3, verses 15. He says, I know your deeds. In other words, I know that you guys got that joyride thing going on. I know you guys are trying to put a dream center here in this building. I know that you guys are serving and giving, and I know you all are doing some good stuff. I see what you're doing. I'm watching you, Simple Church. He said, that you're, I know your deeds, that, but you're neither hot nor cold. Now, by the way, it's not a problem to be cold. Cold is useful. It's refreshing. Hot is useful. But his problem is, he said, I wish you were either one or the other because you're lukewarm. You're in the middle. Tepid water was not very useful. That's, that's the reference he's making here. This is not useful. This is not good. Wish you were hot. Wish you were cold. That's not to say I wish you were hot on fire for Jesus or cold in a backslider. No, 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 no. Both, both are good. But he said, you're hanging out there in the middle. You're neither hot nor cold. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. He said, here's, watch this. He said, you say, saying you, me. He said, you say, I'm rich. In other words, we got lots of stuff. We got lots of options. He said, I, you say, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Boy, Jesus' view of us is very different than our own view of self, isn't it? It's very different. And my hope today is that, that at the end of this message, you'll realize how wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked you are without Jesus. You say, my God, I'm so thankful I came to church today to be encouraged. <laughs> Seriously, I, I just want you to understand your condition. And if we get to that place where we're able to admit, I don't have anything without him, and anything I do have is through him, and because of him, that he's our source, then we will be blessed. So I'm going to share four things that you think you have, but you don't without Jesus. First of all, without Jesus, I pay for my own sins. I think, I think especially in the U.S. today, we're very confused about the role in salvation that we have. I think that we feel like we can somehow earn our salvation, that if we come to church on Sunday mornings, that if we serve and we give and if we say sorry and ask God for forgiveness, then we've done all the things we need in order to be forgiven. But do you know that you can actually ask for forgiveness from God and not be forgiven? No, see, you're, you're only given forgiveness when your sins are paid for, not because you ask for them to be forgiven. See, it's when you accept the payment that was made for your sins Amen. that you are forgiven. The payment that was made was made through the, the man, Jesus Christ. When you accept him, then you are forgiven. Watch this. Romans 3.23 says, for all of us have sinned, and we've fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. That's a level playing field. There's nobody in here that is a greater sinner than anybody else. You say, well, I think I sin more than anybody else. The Bible says that doesn't matter. The Bible says that if you sin in a small way, or what we would call a small way or a great way, you're still a sinner, you thinners. All of us. There's no great or small sinner. We're equal. Sinner's a sinner is a sinner. And because of our sin, there's a cost that we have to pay. There, there, there's a price that comes along with it. Somebody has to pay. And Romans 6.23 says that that payment, or the wages of it, what you get for your sin is death. 
That death is not just dying because everybody's going to die. It's an eternal death. It's an eternal separation from God. But, man, aren't you happy to see a button scripture? I love to see a button scripture. Man, especially when bad news like that is delivered. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what you need to understand about our sins is that death is the only acceptable payment for it. That somebody has to pray or to pay the price for your sins. So, so, so you can't just say sorry. You can't just do churchy things and be spiritual and expect to be forgiven. That somebody's life must be sacrificed in order for that payment to be made. Sin has a bill attached to it and it's death, but God gives us an option. He says, hey, you can let my sin or let my son cover your sin. You can let what he did cover the bill. So because of Jesus, what each of us can have is that we have the free gift of salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life. See, here's the thing that we've got we've to deal with is that God doesn't send people to hell because he's mad at them. That's not what God does. God's not angry at you. God loves you. Absolutely. Loves you. For too long, we've been told God's mad at us. He's ready to strike us with a lightning bolt. He's not. God is passionately pursuing you to this day and will continue pursuing you. But here's the thing. Hell is a place that exists. And it's a place that people will go because they insist on paying for their sins themselves. That, that's your choice. It's your choice. Your sins must be paid for. You can pay or you can let Jesus pay. Paul said this in Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But, but because of his great love for us, Oh, come on, somebody. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, which means that you don't get what you deserve. Anybody thankful for mercy? Because there's a whole lot of stuff that I deserve because of the ways that I've behaved. He said, God, who's rich in mercy, he ain't going to give you what you deserve, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace, which grace, by the way, gives you what you don't deserve. And the Bible says the kind of God he is is that he gives you grace upon grace. You get stuff you don't deserve on top of stuff you don't deserve. Come on, somebody. That's the whipped cream and cherries on top. Mmm, and some sprinkles. I like it. Mmm. He's given us grace. It's by grace you have been saved. We don't deserve that. We have to realize we've incurred a debt that has to be paid. And that Jesus paid that bill with his life. And this changes everything. Because you and I have an unpayable debt. That, that on our own, the only way that we can pay that is eternity in, in separation from God. Paying for all those sins in hell. But Jesus paid it all. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. And we are unworthy in our own state. The only worth we have is the worth that he has assigned to us. Because he said, you're worth it. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And our only reasonable and rational response to discovering that kind of love is just to completely surrender our lives to it. That's the only reasonable response, to worship him and give our whole lives to God. Second thing you'll, you'll have without Jesus is, without Jesus, I can only cope through my pain and my personhood. That's the only option you get. Without Jesus, you just have to go, well, this is who I am. 
This is how God made me. This is the way it's always been. My marriage has always been a mess. I, I have this thought pattern that I can't shake. I can't learn to be any different. I've tried to become different. I can't. There's nothing I can do about it. That, that all, I, all, all I can do is put some Band-Aids on my wounds and, and just let them, let them be there. This is, this is just the way it's been. We're forced to work through our issues on our own. We're never breaking patterns and, 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 and breaking cycles in our lives. You know, some of you would say, well, you know, my, I'm, I'm verbally abusive. My dad was verbally abusive. His father was verbally abusive to him. His great-grandfather was verbally abusive to him. This is just how we are. We're just, we're just mean Irish. Well, whatever your excuse is. Without Jesus, we, that's all we get to do is just say, well, this is, this is how it's always been for generations. But that's not what God has for you guys. That's not what God has for us today. The truth is, is Jesus will accept you as you are, but he never intends to leave you how you are. <laughs> he never intends to leave you how he found you. Jeremiah prophesied about today's world and what it had to offer, saying uh, in Jeremiah 6, they offer superficial treatments. Superficial. It's not actually doing anything. It's like a placebo. Superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give assurances of peace. There's no peace. There's no peace. That's the world today. They're offering you solutions. It's found at the bottom of a bottle. It's found in your next sexual encounter. It's, it's found in watching some stuff on TV. It's found in, in a new relationship. It's found in the secret relationship. The world offers lots of places where this stuff could be found, but it's all, super, it's all superficial. It's not real. There's no peace. Do you know who I am without Jesus? I'm angry, bitter, addicted to pornography, verbally and emotionally abusive. We say, that's some real stuff. Yeah. That's who I am without Jesus. But because of Jesus, my life has been transformed. I'm no longer those things. I'm no longer those things. And for years, I lived a life where, I, well, I'm going to heaven, but my life here on earth is just hell. And I just kind of accepted that's the way things were. Until I realized that I could have more if I surrendered, if I trusted God. That because of Jesus, I had the power to be healed and transformed. Watch this in the scripture. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2. He said, he himself bore our sins, talking about Jesus. He bore our sins in his body on the cross. So we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you've been healed. For you were like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You know, whatever condition your soul, your mind, will, your emotions, whatever condition it's in, it can be healed by the power of God. Jesus paid for that. In fact, in Isaiah, it says he was wounded for our transgressions. It's everywhere we cross the line. We were, he was bruised for our iniquities. It's all of our hang-ups and our issues, the cycles, the generational things, the stuff that we can't seem to break free of on our own. He was bruised for those things. The chastisement of our peace. Where do we experience peace in our hearts and our minds? That means our mental and emotional health. Jesus paid a price for us to have mental and emotional health. And with his stripes, we 
are healed. That's not limited to your body. It is limited to anything that needs healed. The same spirit that dwelled in Christ, that raised him from the dead, dwells inside you, and he brings stuff back to life. Dreams, visions, purpose, callings, marriages, relationships that you long thought were dead and broken. You can have healing in those areas. Jesus didn't come to band-aid your life. He came to heal it. And when you realize that, you can be transformed. Galatians 5.22 says that a transformed life looks like this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You start living this kind of stuff out, you won't even recognize yourself in the mirror. Nobody will. Your spouse won't recognize you. Oh, you're very really patient today. Hmm. Lean into your relationship with God. You, you won't recognize yourself. You only get these things when you realize you actually don't have them, and you can't have them on your own. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Two more, and I've only got a few more minutes to give these to you. Without Jesus, I'm trying to find or create my own life. Without Jesus, I'm trying to find or create my own life. You know, this is the number one conversation that I have with people. They don't know why they're here. They don't know why they're here. And, and part of the product is, and excuse me, I'm just going to step here in the uh, face of science, uh, is because we've been told that all of us evolved from single-cell amoebas, and we had no purpose and no reason, and there was no reason for us to evolve. We just one day were a single-cell living organism that existed in some, some space we accidentally occupied, and we accidentally split into two, and then we split into more, and then we grew tails <laughs> and hair. And somehow came up with all this stuff on our own and realized a need to, be, to have male and female so that we could reproduce. I mean, it takes more faith to believe all that stuff than it does to believe that, that there's an intelligent designer, an intelligent creator who put us here with a plan and with a purpose. It takes more faith to believe that baloney. Sorry, I'll just call it what it is. That's, touch, I'm touching a nerve. I can tell it. I can feel the tension in the room. It's okay. We'll have a conversation about what science actually is if you'd like. <laughs> I'm fired today. <laughs> Truth is, the reason why you're asking why you're here is because each one of us has a sense that we have a purpose, we just don't know what it is. In Ecclesiastes, it says, God has placed eternity in the hearts of man, that, that there is an eternal purpose, and we just don't know how to connect with it. We're wondering, why? Why am I here? And you'll never know what that purpose is outside of your relationship with God. You just won't. God says this in Jeremiah 29, 11. This is God speaking. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Well, that's, that's counterintuitive to the world that says we're here by accident, isn't it? No, there, there's a plan for your life. And by the way, God didn't wait until you popped out and said, oh, that's how they're made? Okay, well, then I guess I'll give them this to do. No, God gave you a whole bunch of stuff to do. Says that the good works he had prepared for you to do, your purpose in life, has been prepared and written in a book long before the foundations of the earth ever existed. That God created you on purpose with purpose. So I'll tell you this because of Jesus, I have the ability to know who I am and what my life is all about. You couldn't get to God on your own because your sin separated you from God. But because of Jesus, we can go to God, we can discover our purpose. Paul was in Athens, Greece, and he's preaching to people who are worshiping the unknown God. 
They didn't even know his name, but they were bowing down to him and worshiping. And he said this, talking to those people, he said, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history. Listen to me. That means God put you in Reynoldsburg, Ohio in 2022 on purpose with purpose. But you're not here by accident. He didn't insert you into this timeline by mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. He said he appointed their times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. I love that verse. But you know, you'll never live, you'll never move, you'll never have the life God intended you to have doing it on your own. And here's the last thing you won't have without Jesus. Without Jesus, you're living your life for joys that fade away. That's the truth. The joys that you have are from temporal things. They're from earthly things. And they bring those temporal things, they bring temporal joys. They'll pass in time. But there's an internal joy that you can have. One, one that nobody and no thing can shake off your life. And it only comes from eternal things. It comes from God. Peter said this. He said, praise be to God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Amen. You need to understand the purpose of your life is to impact the lives of others for eternity. For in an eternal way. That impact that you're supposed to be able to make is an impact that will not fade. And because of the impact you get to make, that joy will not fade. Your purpose will not fade. And because of Jesus, you can have the joy of living a life that glorifies God and impacts others. Without him, you can't. It's just not possible. Last verse I'll give you for the day. John chapter 15, he says, Jesus said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. In other words, you, you do good works. The stuff that I've given you to do. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So you'll never be happy. Never be happy until you're saved, transformed, and having a meaningful and purpose-filled life that makes a difference in the lives of others. It's just the truth. And you get all of that only through the way, through the man, Jesus Christ. So let me summarize the first beatitude like this. Happy are, in the people, happy are the people in this world who would simply say this, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Let's pray. Father, today I thank you for Jesus. I pray today that within every single one of us that we realize our true condition. That we recognize our greatest need is for something that's beyond us. It's beyond our capacity. It's beyond our ability to earn. It's, it, it's, it's beyond our reach. But thank you for giving us Jesus that because of what he did, everything is now within our reach. Not just forgiveness of our sins and eternity in heaven, 
but a full and fulfilled life here on this earth, a life that is transformed, no longer the same, that we are new creations. The old has passed away, the new has come. Because of what Jesus has done. I thank you, God, that not only are we transformed, but that we receive your healing power in every area of our lives that is broken. When we trust you, when we surrender to you. And I thank you, God, that and I'm just talking for me, and, and I hope that this resonates with every heart in this place, but God, I am thankful for the purpose you have assigned my life that a wretch like me you've chosen to use me you've chosen to use us despite our decisions despite our mistakes despite the times we've walked away from you and despite the times we've denied you with our actions you choose us and you choose our lives to make a difference in the lives of others we just thank you for that today. In fact, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanted to tell you that, that if you're here today and there's, you have a need, healing, there's an area of brokenness in your life. When you need prayer for something, grab a Connect card. Fill out that prayer request. Drop it in the give box on your way out today. Our team would love to be praying with you, agreeing with you that God's gonna move on your behalf. Why not get everything God has for you? Why not get everything that Jesus has for you? Be bold. Be like Jimmy. Get it all. It's paid for already. It's free for you. Just got to ask. Just got to ask. Church, we've got to get better at believing that and acting upon that and believing God can and God will. If you're here today and you're also praying over your purpose, like, God, I need to know why I'm here, we can help you with that. In fact, we've got something called Growth Track. It's four Sundays. We'll help you understand that. Step one starts today, immediately after service. You can join Growth Track. We'll help you discover your purpose. We'll help you understand why you're here, how God has wired you, the difference that we believe you can make. You've got to lean in. You've got to take the steps. It's up to you. There's another group of people here today that I'll talk to, and you don't know Jesus. But this is the best and clearest way I could present the gospel today. The gospel is the good news that we are destitute, we are needy, we are broken, we are bankrupt. We don't have anything that can change our spiritual condition, but Jesus does. And today, if you're ready to receive that free gift to allow him to pay the price for your sins, to commit yourselves to following him. Today can be your day. You can join me on a prayer. Maybe some of you said, just say, you know what, I've walked away from Jesus and I, I just need to come back. And if that's you, you're welcome to join this prayer. It's a prayer of repentance, turning around, coming back. So if you're ready to pray that prayer today, would you, would you just let me know? Nobody's looking around. I'm the only one checking. Would you just slip your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me today. I'm going to pray that prayer today. Yeah, thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Thank you. Thank you. Proud of you. Everybody, let's pray together. 
Nobody needs to pray alone. So Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. Make me brand new. And show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, all of heaven, yeah, come on, let's celebrate. There's people saying yes to Jesus today. If you made that commitment today, we want to say we're proud of you. I would encourage you to grab a Connect card, fill it out, let us know. Mark that spot. I said yes to Jesus today. We'd love to, to partner with you, come alongside you, and help you uh, join up with this spiritual family and understand what your next steps are. Uh, again, today, uh, as we wrap up our time here, I want to give an opportunity for uh, you to remember, hey, sign up, help us out with the, with the uh, don't just help us, be part of making a massive difference uh, here this, this, uh, this 4th of July with our, our Joyride campaign. Uh, also, I wanted to say if you're ready to give today, if the Lord has spoken to your heart about giving or you're a tither, the way to do that is there's ways to give on the screen. You can also give in the give box in the back of the room. There's envelopes in the seat backs in front of you. Uh, you can use those for your convenience. We thank you for your faithful giving. We thank you because this kind of stuff right here happened because of your generosity. And so there's ways you can be part of that. In fact, on the Church Center app, if you want to contribute a bike, uh, we've given links for you to, to do that. We're, we're asking for uh, specific bikes, the 20-inch bikes. These are all 16 and 18, and we're looking for 20-inch bikes for some older kids to give away. So uh, you, there's a way for you to do that on our Church Center app. Stop by the Connect Center if you don't have that. We'll help you find that and help you do that. Uh, but you can contribute a bike. You can, there's a place, uh, address for you to drop ship them, or you can have them delivered to your house and bring them here on a Sunday, but um, would love, love to see that number climb. So thank you again for your generosity. Thank you for your faithfulness in helping us do something crazy like this. And, uh, and it's just awesome. I know that it's going to make a difference. So, all right, well, as we wrap up today's service, uh, if you would love to talk, if you want to talk to me about anything, I'll be over here at the Connect Center. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, if you're a guest here and you filled out the Connect Center or the Connect card, stop by there. We've got a gift we'd love to give you for filling out that Connect card. But uh, let me pray for us and we'll dismiss. God, thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for a great kickoff to this series. And uh, Lord, I'm looking forward to delivering each one of these messages here, Lord. And, and uh, I just pray that you bless us. I pray, God, that you would transform us, change us, and challenge us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you back here next week.